everyone. My name is Michelle and welcome to Romcom Weekly. Today I'm joined by my friend Evelyn and we're talking about the movie The Cutting Edge. Hey Evelyn. Hi Michelle. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for doing this. I'm very excited to dive into this movie with you. <laughs> me too. <laughs> <laughs> so a few things about the movie. It was released in March of 1992. It's directed by Paul Glazer. It's written by Tony Gilroy, who, fun fact, wrote the Bourne Identity films. It stars Moira Kelly, D.B. Sweeney, and Terry O'Quinn. The IMDb.com summary is, A temperamental figure skater and a former hockey player try to win Olympic gold as a figure skating pairs team. And it has a 6.9 on IMDb, and it made more than $25 million at the domestic box office. All right, so Evelyn, I'm going to start with you. What would you rate this movie on a scale from 1 to 10? <laughs> so I give it an 8.7. Okay. I think I'm a little biased, and I'll explain my reasoning why, but <laughs> you can go ahead with your score. <laughs> so I'm very close to the IMDb. I gave it a 6.8. <laughs> Wait, yours is at an 8.7, you said? Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. I love it. All right. Let's get into that score. Well, first, first, before we kind of get into it, I wanted to ask you like, and maybe this will inform why your score is as high as it is. Yeah. But <laughs> what is your relationship with this movie and why this movie to talk about? So I love this movie. I remember I watched it. I'm pretty sure at home, definitely with my brother and possibly my parents were there too. But it's such an old film. I think I was like 10 years old or so, probably like around there. Mm -hmm. And my dream, like when I was little of like, what do you want to be when you grow up was a figure skater. Mm. And so I really like this film. And I just feel like every time I watch it, it's still just like enjoyable to watch. And so I think I'm biased from that perspective. Sure. So yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, I was thinking back about my relationship with this movie, and I'm pretty sure, I'm like 85% confident that I actually saw this in theaters when this came out in 1992. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I have a very specific memory about it for some reason. I actually, I don't know why, but I could be wrong. 1992 was a long time ago, and I was quite young. But I actually haven't seen this movie since, like, since I was a child. I'm pretty sure I've seen it yeah. since the theater situation, but... It's not something that's ever like on TV and yeah. it's not really, it's not on like all the streaming devices. So yeah, it's, it's been a minute since I've seen this movie and I'm so glad that I was able to revisit <laughs> this movie just to talk about it with you. Yeah. And I remember, cause you know, like when I was younger, it's like, we didn't have like all these streaming services and everything where you can just like find a movie to watch and so it's definitely something that was just on tv and like we randomly probably switched to it mm. and just started watching it and enjoyed it so yeah either way I have fond memories of this movie yeah yeah though I was doing some research of this movie and I read somewhere that this movie was actually on tv a lot in the 90s so maybe that's my like small relationship with it too is just here and there clips of it. But yeah, I like, I don't see it on TV anymore. I think that's why my rating is a little bit lower than yours, just because it's not <laughs> something that I've revisited very often. And I haven't really built up a whole lot of nostalgia for it. But yeah, I, yeah. I do have like fond memories of this movie when mm -hmm. I was a kid. Are there any specific things you liked about the movie? I think that they did. Well, first off, the actors and actresses like Moira Kelly being the mom eventually in One Tree Hill. I was very happy to see her again, like back on TV, because my only association with her was from The Cutting Edge mm -hmm. back in the days. And then also, if you know, um, Terry O'Quinn was John Locke from Lost. Yes, um, yes. So it's nice, yeah, to like have that and to see them like back in the days um, in that movie together. But I think they did a really great, like, they were very clever, they were creative, and did a really great job with all the skating scenes. And I actually did research a little and found that, you know, of course, back then, like, there wasn't really CGI or anything. So 
everything was like live shot and they had doubles for this skating but it's just they did it in a very clever way where you know it's believable that it's them as the skaters Mm -hmm. yeah that's actually something I was really surprised by too because as you know in like early 90s Mm -hmm. production quality isn't obviously what it is today but I didn't feel like it was that obvious where it was yeah it wasn't them skating so I think it was quite seamless like the editing and all that was really, really good. And agree with you, Moira Kelly, I think this was like her first big film. And she's actually the voice of Nala in The Lion King. Oh, I didn't know that. Super random. And she's in the first season of The West Wing. But that's my only experience with her. But it was kind of cool to like re-see her on the screen. And D.B. Sweeney as Doug, I don't have a relationship with him. But I thought that they, yeah. the two of them were really good together. I thought like... They built the tension and the chemistry really well. And yeah, you know, in the 90s, maybe, or maybe this is just me and my own thinking, but it was kind of nice and refreshing to see like a pretty well acted film in the 90s. It wasn't like too over the top. It wasn't too Mm -hmm. kitschy. So I appreciated that. It was like well acted. And I, yeah, I don't mean to be surprised by that, but I kind of am at the same time. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's like a very classic sort of like 90s rom-com. So like in that, I guess, like old school way of how rom-coms were back then. And like, I think it was a good storyline. And and yeah, like you said, the characters, they really were very believable, I think, as their characters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so like Doug being like very laid back in a sense, you know, just go with the flow type. And then uh, Maria Kelly or, or Kate being like the uptight, like high maintenance um, skater. So yeah, yeah, it's very formulaic and mm-hmm. very yeah, predictable, sure. but it was so fun. And it was very wholesome, too. I was like, I think yeah. a lot of people probably watch this with their families, because it's just such a clean rom com, like, there's no sex scenes, there's no, I don't even know if there's any cursing. I don't remember. But yeah, it was just very fun and very wholesome. Yeah. So one thing I liked about it, or it made me stop and think, was this whole idea of a sports rom-com. And there aren't that many, I think, just naturally because usually, you know, they're separate. Mm -hmm. So I Mm -hmm. kind of found myself wishing that there were more sports rom-coms. It's such a easy storyline that I feel like could be retold many, many times, but I don't feel like it actually has. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, definitely agree. Yeah. Are there any other things that you liked about it? I think we'll get into it, like my favorite scenes and stuff from it. So I'll save that. (laughs) Cool. And then just one last thing for me was that it brought me back to the 90s in a good way. You know, like... Oh, for sure. There's all this nostalgia, like all this 90s fashions coming back. But I loved seeing their like the nylon, the polyester. It was just really fun for me to... I was just chuckling. I was like, oh, the 90s. What a great time. I know, and I think the music. I love the music, like, when they're practicing and stuff, all that, like, 90s, 80s, 90s hip-hop and, like, dance music and stuff. I love it. Yeah, and you have, like, your mix of, like, the classical with the skating and stuff and some rock in there, but I really loved when they were, like, training and everything. Yeah, those cute (laughs) montages were really great. Yeah. So let's move on to what you didn't like about it. Do you want to start with that? I wouldn't say that there was anything that really stood out that I didn't like, but I think they could have expanded more a little bit on, I mean, there's not a lot of characters in the movie, really. It's like Kate and Doug, Mm -hmm. um, and then their coach, and then Kate's dad, and then like a little bit of Kate's fiance turned ex-fiance. So really, you know, the, the story really focuses around them too a lot, which I actually also do appreciate a lot. And I do like that part of the film, but I think they could have expanded more on Kate and her dad's relationship Mm. because there's really only one real breakdown at the very end, you know, when there's like 15 minutes left in the movie where she finally like confronts all the pressure and her feelings towards skating. Yeah. Yeah, and you don't really see that throughout the rest of the movie. I mean, you get a sense of it, but, you know, I think it could have been expanded a little more or just, like, a little more of the interactions between them two. Yeah, that's a really good point. So for me, I also caught on that it's a very insular story just surrounding Kate and Doug, and I found Mm -hmm. myself kind of finding that a little bit unbelievable. Yeah. (laughs) Just because, like, they're training for the Olympics, which is, like, huge, (laughs) right? So... And that kind of ties into the other thing for me is that, like, I'm a decent 
fan of the Olympics. I watch it every two years. Um, but I didn't feel like they really utilized and like made it feel grand like the Olympics. You know, like there wasn't any dramatic or like general splendor of the Olympics. It was really, like you said, just focused on Kate and Doug and their experience and training. But yeah, I, I think that it would have been really interesting to see more of Kate and her dad. I did feel like there was a whole chunk of the movie where he just didn't show up. And then yeah. conveniently <laughs> just showed up towards like the last quarter of the movie, to your point. So yeah, yeah. But other than that, I didn't really find a lot of things to not like about the movie either. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, it's like you said, the storyline is, you know, it's likable, it's wholesome, and it flows. So I think, yeah, it overall, um, they did a pretty good job with all the writing and stuff. Yeah, I will say, though, that I mean, this is just more of a dated thing versus me not liking about it, but just like certain of the production quality where it was just a lot of like blurry slow-mo shots. Yeah. It's just such a 90s thing that yeah. I don't see that happening in movies anymore. So that was just like a, just something to note, just the way the film was produced and made. Yeah, I agree. I think that's, that's part of the whole no CGI, no, you know, the, trying to blur out and trying to make you believe that it's really them skiing yeah, yeah, and everything. Yeah. So, yeah. It's so funny. I was like, wow, they're really, yeah. they're really going for these blurry slow-mo shots. <laughs> yeah. I will say, yeah, I feel like I, I noticed it a lot more just because, you know, rewatching again, I had to critique it a little more. So right. I definitely did notice that more. <laughs> Oh, man. I think at this point in my podcast, this is the oldest movie we've covered. So 1992 is a long time ago. So, you know, obviously, movies have come a long way since then. But it was kind of nice to just sit there and be brought back to the early 90s. It was great. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Let's move on to themes. Are there any general themes that you kind of picked up throughout the movie? Um, I think it was... It's sort of like the cliche, the classic, like, struggle between the guy who I mentioned was, like, Doug being the laid-back guy and a girl being, like, the uptight one. And then them just really clashing, like, their personalities clashing. Mm-hmm. And I think it also does portray, like, a realistic struggle between skating pairs. And, you know, it shows somewhat shows like the competitiveness in the skating world and how small of a skating world it is. So like Kate, you know, her, she goes through a string of partners and then she re-encounters her original partner at the Olympics, at nationals and then at the Olympics. Yeah. And then, yeah, just the competitiveness, which you see a lot in Kate's character, like her perfectionism and and all that. And then, you know, them coming together and and overcoming their differences and then becoming partners and then falling in love and all that. So yeah, there's that whole trope of like boy meets girl. They don't get along. But then like they bicker and they realize they're they've been in love with each other the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Very classic. So classic. I love it. Yeah. I kind of took away what you were saying also is that like the competition part, they're very competitive with each other. And I, I like that Kate is kind of painted as this. Yeah, she's uptight, but she's also someone who like uh, has a goal. Granted, we realize, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe she didn't want this goal in the end. Or like this wasn't her goal. But yeah, it's this idea of that there are no shortcuts to achieving your dreams. You have to work hard. You have to train hard. um, You have to put in the time. And so, I mean, obviously, if you're competing for the Olympics, then that's as big as and like as the best you can get, I guess. Yeah. There's that whole thing about Olympic glory and all that (laughs) stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, one other thing I forgot to mention was I saw like a tagline somewhere that was like ultimate love skate relationship, which (laughs) I thought was very corny, you know, but also it's just like, yeah, it's just the theme of the movie, basically. Yeah. It's so funny. Well, so I have this, I have this in my notes to talk about later, but I figured maybe we can talk about it now, but this whole idea of Olympics, right? Yes. So you said you wanted to be a skater when you when you grew up. Did you actually learn to skate? Or like, were you a skater? I did like very like amateur, but mm-hmm. um, I did take a few lessons like when I was younger. I had a lot of trouble with like T-stops, basically. I was really scared mm-hmm. of stopping. And so I would usually just 
You can do this thing where you like angle your feet outwards. That's also another way to stop. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I didn't get very far. I mean, I didn't get to any jumps or anything. It was just very, very basic stuff. Yeah. So me too, actually. I figure skated or I don't, I guess skated. I don't, I can't call it figure skating. <laughs> I skated for a few years, I want to say. Oh, nice. But I think I was afraid to jump. So I kind of stopped yeah. there. I don't know if I had dreams to skate. I think it was just something to do that my parents kind of signed me up for. But I think it was fun and scary. Like talking about the movie now where they do the Pemchenko at the end. <laughs> yeah. I was literally like, oh my gosh, that looks terrifying. I can't believe that yes. this is a thing that people do. Yeah. So the Pamchenko for, yeah, those who don't know, it's the bounce spin, which I personally call like the headbanger because yes. it literally looks like the girl's head is going to get bashed in at any moment because the guy is just swinging her from her feet. Yeah. And like in a circle. And yeah, I can't imagine which. So this was like one of my like WTF moments also uh -huh. because it's like I did read that that move is actually like physically impossible because it goes from that bounce spin and then the guy throws the girl in the air and she's like twisting in the air. And then as she's coming down, he needs to catch her. Yeah. So it's crazy. But yeah, it's so frightening, though, to watch that. And yeah, because in the movie, she's just like millimeters, it looks like away from the ground. Yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah, so crazy. So again, uh, just to like talk about the Olympics a little bit more. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's actually this HBO special that just came out. I don't know if you have HBO or if you've heard of it. But it's called, um, I think it's called Weight of Gold. It's Michael Phelps, and he talks about how the Olympics have this mental, what's the word? It's just a lot to overcome. There's a lot of challenges yeah. in what it's to be an Olympian. And I watched it, and it was quite depressing in the sense that, like, I'm someone who loves watching the Olympics because it's so fun mm -hmm. and it's very, you know, patriotic to be rooting for Team USA. But I've never really thought about the internal struggles that these Olympians have and it's quite dark. A lot of them have thoughts of suicide just because it's so much pressure to compete for your country and you train all these years, but then your fate is determined by like 40 seconds or like, you know, in yeah. the skating program, two minutes for like the short program or whatever. But it's a crazy amount of pressure to put on an individual. So I watched the documentary and then I rewatched this movie and it kind of made me appreciate the Olympics a little bit more and Olympians just because the amount of work and work ethic they have to just get gold is kind of crazy. Yeah, for sure. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I haven't seen that documentary, but I'll have to check it out. Yeah. I don't think any of us, yeah, like it's like our jobs and our daily lives. Yeah. can get stressful and stuff, but I think that's just a whole other level. And like you said, it's, you know, a whole other like worth ethic that they have to follow in order to just train and everything. Yeah. And yeah, the pressure is huge. Because, you know, it's not only yourself, your family, your friends. It's like you're also representing your whole country. So, yeah. Yeah. And not to like get into it too deep, but there's like the financial ramifications. Like how do you pay for training, for, you know, mm -hmm. rink time, for all these things. And then, mm -hmm. you know, obviously Kate is from a wealthy family. Her dad bankrolls yeah. everything. So I was thinking about that yeah. too, where she gets to have her own private rink, which, you know, when, yeah. when Doug walks in, he's like, wait you have your own rink, like, so you always have rink time. That's crazy. Yeah. And then to just on a, another tangent, I actually was so curious to see how much it costs to build a skating rink, like a residential <laughs> skating rink. Uh -huh. So apparently it can cost, like, the minimum is 300000 but I guess it depends on like how big and like where and all that stuff. But it could be like up to five to $7 million to build a private skating rink. Oh my gosh. So again, yeah. it's insane how privileged Kate is in the movie. Yes. And then like the dichotomy of watching this real world documentary, I was just like, oh my goodness, mm -hmm. like this is kind of crazy. You know, the Olympics were supposed to happen this year. That was, you know, obviously yeah. postponed due to COVID. But yeah, I kind of have a new appreciation for the Olympics after watching that documentary and then kind of rewatching this movie. It was... It was a nice kind of opposite reactions, I think. Yeah, cool. I'll Yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out. Yeah, it's a little dark, but I think it's definitely <laughs> worth watching. 
Let's move on to favorite scenes. Do you want to start by sharing a few? Yeah. So like I mentioned, I love all their like training scenes and everything. I think they're, they're pretty funny. Um, but definitely like the topic scene Yep. where she's making fun of him and then, yeah, eventually he gets it. Yeah. I think that was, that was really cute. And then another favorite scene was just when they're like about to compete in the nationals and Doug is like white and nervous (laughs) and not talking, which also is like a, sort of like a plot hole because I think that it's like alluded to that this is his first competition Mm -hmm. as a pair Mm -hmm. which I'll get into that yeah yeah but it's just funny because he's like calculating comparing to his hockey days where he'll be fine after eight minutes but their program is only like two and a half minutes long right right yeah (laughs) that was funny so your first two scenes that you said, the the workout montage and the toe pick, those are literally the same yeah. things that I wrote down for myself, just because, again, yeah. the 90s gear, it just made me chuckle. Like, they were really committing <laughs> to that montage. And yeah. toe pick was cute, just because they're kind of challenging each other, being a little bit competitive, and Kate's just being such a brat. But it, it was funny. It was funny. Yeah, and it's one of those things where, like, you can say, like, topic to anybody and mm-hmm. they will know exactly what you're talking about and that it's in reference to this movie so yeah yeah that's the catchphrase <laughs> I guess of this movie is topic <laughs> yeah. and then for me the predictable thing for me was the ending like where they do the whole Pemchenko Doug mm-hmm. confesses his love for her Kate's crying <laughs> they skate <laughs> they skate well and then she has this line she says the difference is I'm in the mood to kick a little ass. So that was cute. (laughs) And then she says she loves him too. Like it's just tied up so nicely. Everything is. It is. The only thing we don't see is do they win the gold? But I mean, we can save that for a little bit later. But yeah, I really, (laughs) I really liked that scene. Let's move on to WTF moments. I have a feeling that you and I might have a lot to hash out in this category. So these are plot holes and most unrealistic moments. Do you want to start? Um, sure. So as I mentioned before, so the whole Pamchenko move, that is just physically impossible. <laughs> and and also they decide to start training for that after the nationals, which is about like six months or so mm. before the Olympics. So I mean, maybe that's enough time. And and this also goes into my other like WTF moment, mm-hmm. which is like Doug being able to become a pro skater that makes it to the Olympics in just two years. Right. Um, and that's with like nationals and other competitions that are supposed to lead up to the Olympics, which are, you know, months, a year in advance. So really, he's just trained up to this in just like one, one and a half years and become this like professional who came from hockey, which is very different. Right, right. And and then he had, yeah, like the two years off where he wasn't skating or anything. So yeah, maybe it's possible with their own private rink since they can practice whenever they want. You know, they're supposed to be practicing like hours on end. And also most figure skaters we see all start at a very young age. So, you know, I don't know how believable that is. Right. And then like his first competition being the Nationals um, to qualify for the Olympics, which just seems like... That's a lot of pressure. So, yeah. So true. Wait, so question for you. How old do you think Kate is? So I think she should be in her early 20s. Okay. Because they referenced Doug was in, I think it was Minnesota State, while he was like playing on the Olympics team. Got it. So if you cut to two years later that, so he got injured in the Olympics and then, so assuming he's like 20 or so. So two years later, he would have been 22 when he started training. So then mm-hmm. 24 by the uh, by the time of the Olympics. So I assume Kate is around the same age, maybe a little older. Not really sure. Yeah. Is that considered old for figure skaters? Do you know? Like to be competing on that level? I think it is a little old. Yeah. Because I'm trying to think like Tara Lipinski and Michelle Kwan, like all of them were like in their teens, definitely when they were like entering the Olympic scene. Yeah, that's kind of my impression too. So that just kind of adds another layer to the whole WTF. It's like you learn this new skill in your 20s and you're able to compete at the Olympic level. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a little bit hard to believe. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, I guess with dedication yeah. and hard work, 
You can do whatever you want. <laughs> Anything is possible. <laughs> yeah. So one WTF moment I have is the whole Christmas gift exchange scene. Mm-hmm. I just was like, wait, why are they doing this scene when she's like in the bathroom or like in the locker room? <laughs> like what is, is this to like build sexual tension? That's what I ended up coming up with. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. you know, she's just come out of the shower or whatever. But I was like, this is a really weird moment to be having this gift exchange. Yeah, that's true. And she's like, get out. And then he still is like standing there (laughs) and barges in. (laughs) He's like, I'm used to this. I don't know what the problem is. But then like the gift he gives her while it's very sweet. It's like a it's a hockey jersey or hockey sweater from a very famous hockey player. Mm -hmm. I guess my whole problem with this scene, it's very nitpicky, is that like he gives it to her. She doesn't know who this person is, but then he's offended. But it's like, why would he expect Kate to know who this hockey player is? So it was just like this back and forth. And obviously she ends up being very grateful because she's just like, yeah, you know, this is a very sweet gesture. But ultimately she's like, I don't know who this person is and I don't really care, but thanks. Yeah. I was just like, Doug's reaction was very strange to me. Yeah, that was a really nitpicky one for me. Yeah. And yeah, you do see her, like, she does appreciate it because she ends up wearing it later mm-hmm. when she's, like, you know, alone in her thoughts yes. and all that. But. <laughs> Looking out the window, yes. <laughs> yeah. While it's snowing outside. Yes, yes, you're right. <laughs> yeah. I have a few others. Okay, yeah. Again, probably just nitpicky because I was watching this with a quite critical eye just because I haven't seen it that, that many times. Uh-huh. The scene where Hale, the fiancé turned ex-fiancé, and Kate, like, loses her lucky earring, and mm-hmm. Hale's like, wait, you you like Doug? And <laughs> yeah. I was just like, what? Like, okay, so Hale and Kate probably, ultimately, obviously, don't really love each other, right? But I just think yeah. it's such a strange thing for a fiancé to point out that their partner is in love with someone else. And Hale does it with, like, such calm, and he's just, like, foreplay. And it's just very bizarre for me. (laughs) That's true. And then just, like, right after that, he just sort of, I mean, yeah, they break off the engagement, but that was, like, it. That was it of the breakup. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, there's just no anger. There's no jealousy. Hale is just like, oh, your your bickering is just another form of foreplay. And I was (laughs) just like, this is so ridiculous, but... It's very entertaining, obviously. One final thing that I have is when they're at the Olympics and Kate tells Doug, you know, I'm going to retire at the end. This is my last skate. I was just like, what is this beautiful castle that they're staying in? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I actually, I remember actually when I was younger, I got confused that it was her house because Mm. like the interior sort of looked similar. Right. Or, you know, it was like, yeah, something beautiful. But yeah, the castle, it was like amazing. And it was like paid for for two weeks. That's probably what you were going to get to. Yes. Like, yeah, good. <laughs> I was just like, I mean, this is based off of nothing. But I think all Olympians have to stay in, you know, Olympic in, uh, Village. Olympic Village. Yeah, yeah. Right. So the fact that they have this ginormous castle or like chalet or something in France, I was just like, what's, what is, what's, what's happening here? <laughs> I think, yeah, I mean, there are other few nitpicks I could I could make, but, you know, that it's, it is what it is, and we'll just take it at face value. <laughs> Let's move on to the ending, the actual ending. What are your thoughts? Like you said earlier, like, it, you know, the movie wraps up very well, and I like that you don't actually know if they win. I mean, it's assumed that they win, but it's really not about that anymore at the end, mm-hmm. so... I do appreciate that, you know, in the end, it's really about Kate's character development and then, you know, working out their differences, coming together, um, they fall in love Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, you know, they have this epic skate and everything, but really like Kate being able to let go for once and doing as Doug suggested at one point in the movie that she should just like enjoy skating. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think it is a little just sort of like boom, 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 you know, things just like happen one right after the other to get to the end. But in all, like, I think, yeah, it it just wraps up like nicely. Yeah. As I was watching it and it ended and I was like, what? That's it? Like, (laughs) (laughs) and maybe, yeah, maybe because like, I know how it ends. I wasn't expecting more or, you know, like I do remember the ending. So it's not that much of a shock to me. Yeah. 
No, that's that's a good point because, you know, it's been years since I've seen this movie, but I was rewatching it yesterday and I was just like, that can't be it. Because I feel like, I guess in most movies we see now, it's just so literal and like so beautifully tied up in a bow. And yes, while this movie did totally end up in a nice tied bow, we are mm-hmm. kind of left to either assume or wonder if they won the gold. And I like that actually they don't show that. Yeah. Yeah, me to too. To your point uh-huh. because like that doesn't matter, right? So, yeah. It's about Kate, like, basically everything you just said. Yeah, she comes to realize, you know, why what's important and it's mostly just mm-hmm. to like love to skate and now that she has this partner in Doug and that's that's kind of all that really matters. Yeah. I was just like, I literally was like, that's it. That can't be it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was. I mean, I did think about that when I was rewatching it. I was like, could they have done more, you know, with the ending? Mm. But I don't know. I wouldn't say that I would have wanted more. But again, that's probably just me like knowing and like how it ends and stuff. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. After like sitting with it. I, I do appreciate this ending a lot more than if they were to show like the gold medal ceremony yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, it took me a minute to be like, okay, this is actually a better ending <laughs> than, than I the, what, the ending that I thought was going to happen or I wanted to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we talked a little bit about this, but what are your thoughts on Kate and Doug and if these characters are likable or relatable? I don't know if likable is the right word. I, I think it goes back to what I said earlier, that they do very a very good job at portraying their characters. With Kate being, like, uptight, high-maintenance, um, she's, like, cheeky and sassy, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I think she does a great job that she's not supposed to be likable, mm-hmm. I guess, mm-hmm. from a, a different perspective. And then Doug, you know, like, the first scene you see him in is he's in bed with a chick and then he's late for the Olympics, <laughs> of all things. <laughs> you know? And Yeah, and then it's the game that changes, you know, his life forever. But, you know, he's just, like, the classic, like, laid back. Yeah. (laughs) Like, sort of no commitment type of of personality, yeah. Yeah, it seems like everything just comes really easy to him. Like, sport, women, yeah, the attention. It's just super easy for him. So, yeah, laid back, basically. Yeah, and I think, yeah, Doug ultimately, though, and this gets into part of, like, being a favorite character, but he is, like, very laid back, and he's the one who ultimately helps Kate, you know, realize and and grow and develop and stuff. But I do enjoy, like, his laid back humor, and, you know, there's, like, funny lines from him throughout the movie, Mm -hmm. but I think that the whole thing with the love-hate relationships. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) I think that, obviously, Kate is not meant to be likable, but I didn't really find her, like, obnoxiously unlikable. Like, I think yeah, we come to understand why she is so unlikable, right? Like, she's just so driven. Mm-hmm. She doesn't really care who's in her way of getting gold. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that kind of makes her more approachable in, in a way. Obviously, it's not mm-hmm. necessarily acceptable to treat people like the way she treats them. But I came from a place understanding why she was so unlikable. Yeah, agreed. And then Doug is, yeah, everything you just said. But now that you mentioned Kate's dad, I don't know. To your point, I guess I wish we saw more of him and that relationship and, like, what drives him to push Kate. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think about this when I was, like, typing up my notes, but I'm just thinking about this now. Like, her dad is inherently unlikable, right? Like, is he a good guy? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, because, you know, he's there, like, just writing checks, right. <laughs> writing, you know, paying off these partners of hers. Right, right. I think going back to what you said about, like, the drive and everything, I think part of it is, like, Kate alludes to her mom being a former skater, mm, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's passed away. And so, right. yeah, I think part of that drive is from that. And maybe, yeah, just not wanting to let her dad down mm. also. But yeah, I agree. Like, is it, yeah, for her dad's, like, motivation, is it, like, pride? Like, what is it? You don't really, yeah, mm-hmm. get a glimpse into that. Yeah, that would have been a little bit more interesting to, mm-hmm. to dive into that. But yeah, the story is very much just about Kate and Doug. Yeah. You mentioned Kate's dad writing checks. So <laughs> my question for you is, how much do you think these checks are? Like, that one scene where uh, Kate's dad is basically about to dismiss Doug and 
he's like, you know, I got you a one-way uh, first-class ticket back home. Here's your check. How much do you think he's paying these partners that don't work out? <laughs> I don't know why, but I assumed it was like 20000 or something. Whoa! <laughs> I don't know why. I just had this number in my mind. <laughs> so it's something you've thought about as well. Maybe I feel like they like show it or say it in the movie, but then... Yeah, I have thought about it, though. And I was just like, well, they're obviously rolling. So, you know, so I feel like and it's enough where Doug is like double or nothing Mm. also. So he sort of has that drive, I guess. They don't like come back to that point. Right, right. Yeah. (laughs) $20,000. How much did you think it was? (laughs) Not 20. I was like thinking more like 5,000 because... The only reason I thought it was less than like less than 20 because I think she's gone through like half a dozen or like a dozen partners that haven't worked out, right? So, yeah. Yeah, that would just add up. That's true. I wish we knew the amount just because also this was 1992, so Right. I was just going to say like maybe that does equate to, you know, <laughs> maybe not 20,000, but yeah, like more than 5,000. But yeah, 5,000 back then would have been a lot. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. $20,000. You mentioned earlier, but yeah, let's let's dive into your favorite character. Between Kate or Doug. Okay, between Kate or Doug, probably Doug, just for what I said before about mm. how he's, he's laid back, you know, he has that, like, approach, and, and he allows Kate to grow and develop. But I do like Kate because she is the one that ultimately, I think, um, has the most character development. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I think they're both, or I guess, yeah, sort of (laughs) going against what I said earlier. I mean, they both become like likable characters, you know? Yes. In the end, they become Yes, in the end, yeah. Mm -hmm. But actually, my favorite character, though, is outside of the two. Oh, okay. And it's actually their coach. So I actually really like their coach, Pamchenko, Mm -hmm. who the move is named after. Um, I just think he's so cute. Like, he's this Russian coach. He has these like little witty lines and... And he's really cute when he's like, yes, yes, yes. When, you know, Doug starts to improve and he's like out there, like, like secretly like celebrating. Yes. Um, Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, That was cute. (laughs) But, you know, he's also like the mediator for Kate and Doug. And I think he's the only one that really understands their personalities and their attitudes. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I appreciated him. And yeah, he gives them these little pep talks and stuff. Yeah, no, that's really true. Um, I'm just reminded of that one scene where they're about to skate for the first time together, like at Kate's house. And Kate and Doug are just like insulting each other, just like back and forth. And the coach is just standing there like, yeah, okay, like I'm just going to let them have this out. It's, I think he does something like, okay, well, let's, let's, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's just, he, to your point, he knows how to kind of like manage the personalities, which yeah, being a coach is not an easy job. So. Yeah. And actually thinking more on this, I actually think he's more, he's probably more of a father figure to Kate mm. than her own dad, you know? So mm-hmm. um, just like spending hours on end together and he probably knows her the best, you know, with her personality and her temperament and everything so. yeah, yeah yeah that's a good point between Kate and Doug I I wrote down that I like Kate more just because I think as you mentioned earlier she's the one who kind of goes through the most character development she's finally able to admit to herself that she was the reason why the 88 Olympics didn't go well mm-hmm. yeah yeah you know there's something to be said about Doug being the person who brings that out in her like being able to relax and actually appreciate skating But I think Kate kind of, and I also think Moira Kelly was just really good in this role. Yeah. And she was just very believable. And Mm -hmm. I'd never felt like she was overacting or like ridiculous in it. Yeah, I I think I just liked everything about Kate in the end. Yeah, I think they did cast both of them like very well. Like Doug and Kate, like you said, very believable characters. Yeah. Thoughts on if Doug and Kate stay together in the long run? So, spoiler, there's like three sequels or something to the movie. Yes, I did see this. (laughs) So, yeah, the second movie, Going for Gold, I think it's what it's called, um, Mm -hmm. is about their daughter. So, obviously, they stay together. But without the sequels in mind or anything, I think they would have. 
I don't know if they would have continued skating as partners. I think Kate's character, you know, when she was talking about this being her last skate. I mean, at that time, she was very emotional for sure. But like, if she gave it some more thought, she probably, even though it was a great partnership for them, like maybe they would have skated one more season and then that that would have been it. Mm -hmm. But I think ultimately their personalities were very complementary of each other that I think they would have stayed together. Mm. What do you think? Well, so as I was thinking about the answer to this question, I did come across that there were sequels and that they had a daughter. And (laughs) I was kind of like, oh, okay. I was a little surprised, I guess, because the skeptic in me says, no, they don't stay together just because the thrill of competing and skating could potentially fizzle out. Like, I think there's a lot of Mm -hmm. adrenaline and a lot of, like, other factors that might bring out certain things in these people. And I don't know if that necessarily equates to longevity in a relationship. So... Yeah, true. So for me, I was kind of like, I don't think they would, like, end up together. But obviously... I'm wrong because they have a daughter who <laughs> yeah, competes for daughter. gold in in the yeah. sequel. But I mean, I guess I'm glad that they stay together for continuity's sake. And to your point about do they skate anymore together? Um, I I couldn't see Kate like this could be her last skate, in my opinion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if Doug would want to skate without her. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, for everything to be tied up super well, I, I could imagine this being their last skate, like going out on top mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, you know, happily ever after get married and have children together. So <laughs> yeah, I just, I, wow. So speaking of the sequels, there are three of them. Okay. So I have not seen any of them. They are all, I think, direct to TV. Yeah, I think that's right. So it's The Cutting Edge, Going for Gold, came out in 2006. The Cutting Edge, Chasing the Dream, came out in 2008. The Cutting Edge, Fire and Ice, came out in 2010. So they came out every two years, starting in 2006. I guess we can, this is a nice-ish segue to one of my questions is like, does this movie have longevity? And I mean, in my opinion, I guess so, because there's... (laughs) <laughs> so many tril- or so many sequels that this movie came out in 92. Like, I wonder what happened between 92 to 2006 being like, oh, Cutting Edge still has legs. Let's capitalize <laughs> on this yeah. and make a sequel. Yeah, I have no clue. And I will admit, I have not watched any of the sequels. <laughs> I think just, I don't want to ruin, yeah, my views. Because also the original, are the original, like, are Moira Kelly and, and Duff? They're not, they're not in them. Yeah, so I did read somewhere that they shifted the timeline, actually, mm. in the sequel. But anyways, that's besides the point. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, so I didn't watch any of the sequels, because I just don't want to also ruin my my image of the original. Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, I guess this goes into, though, like, is it believable? Or, you know, if the movie were made today, like, what would be done differently? Because... I was thinking, like, with all the medical advancements, like, Mm -hmm. could Doug have gotten his, you know, eye surgery taken care of Mm. um, or his blind spot condition taken care of? And so then, like, would they have had to, like, come up with, like, a new twist of some sort to make the movie work? Mm -hmm. So in that sense, you know, like, I don't know that it has longevity, but I think it's, it's like we've said, it's like, it's like a likable, wholesome movie, you know, mm-hmm. that's like enjoyable to watch. And, and that's why I think that from that perspective, you know, like maybe that's why I watch it. Like I'm happy to rewatch it over and over <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah. I think this movie must be beloved because it kind of had legs like years, years, yeah. years later. Yeah. I, I don't know. I am a little surprised, I guess also. <laughs> But to your point, it is a very, like, you know, we've been talking about this whole time. It's wholesome and it's just likable. Like, it's it's an easy film to watch. There's not a whole lot of other conflicts that arise in this movie. So it's a very straightforward story. So I think that's why maybe it was easy to capitalize and make sequels. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, I agree with you. I don't ever plan on watching these movies. (laughs) Because I do think that the original Cutting Edge is so fun and enjoyable, and I don't need think that needs to be kind of tinkered with. Yeah. 
And I wonder if also like why it's so likable and and just easy to watch is because it focuses on just like Doug and Kate's relationship Mm -hmm. um, for the most part. And, you know, it was like a very small, like very minor other characters in the movie. But because it focuses so much on just them, you know, then you can really follow along in the story. Yeah, like I feel like movies today, there's always like a B plot, a C plot, a D plot, you know, like, so for this movie, it's just them. Yeah. Which makes it super digestible for like any, any person of any age. So I think in that sense, it has like longevity, right? It's just easy to watch. Mm -hmm. That's so funny to me that there's so many sequels. (laughs) Like not just one, there's three of them. And I was actually thinking maybe we should watch the three of them and then record about them. That would be funny. Um, yeah, yeah, I'd be down if you are. We can revisit The Cutting Edge Part 2 after watching yeah. all three of these movies. Um, let's see here. I have a category, and you mentioned this earlier, about the music. Mm-hmm. Did you have anything else to add about your thoughts on the music? Yeah, I I did also like shazam or whatever like the music to try to find them and Uh yeah i'll probably be playing it oh i think on (laughs) spotify i found um somebody like put a compilation of the soundtrack together so i'll be listening to that i love it i love it it's so like late 80s early 90s yeah and that's like my favorite genre actually is like is it i had no idea yeah like that sort of like hip-hop dance music is yeah is one of my favorites so in my research, there's a theme song, which is at the end. It's called Feels Like Forever by Joe Cocker. It's like a late 80s ballad. It's just so like of that time. So it's funny to me that you prefer this time era because there have been moments where I like will clean my apartment and listen and like just rock out to like 80s ballads. So the the <laughs> dance and like hip hop isn't really, I think, something that I go to time and again, but uh-huh. it's mostly like the 80s ballads that I love, yeah. which are so <laughs> cheesy and so ridiculous because yeah. it's just like part of my childhood too. So yeah, yeah. So that was kind of just fun to revisit and just being like, wow, this is such a 90s movie. I love it. What are your thoughts on if this movie's aged well? I think for the most part it has... Like we mentioned before, though, like the cinematography mm-hmm. could probably be updated and stuff. But yeah, I think like with the storyline also, it's like very, like we said, it's a very classic storyline. So, mm-hmm. it you know, it can be applied many different ways and like in diff- different settings, not just to a sports movie. But mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think for the most part, it has aged well. Yeah, I I thought so, too. Like, yeah, it's. I mean, while there is, like, zero diversity, it makes sense, I guess. There's, like, a Russian coach, (laughs) you know, but, again, it's just the story of mostly these two people, so there's not, I guess, a lot of room for other people to be in the film. Yeah. In my notes, I wrote down that if this movie were to be made today, the competition between, like, U.S. and, like, Russia and China would be, like, like, the the figure skating teams (laughs) would be, like, heightened. It would be, like... The B plot of the movie. Like, we have to beat the Russians. You know, that's kind of alluded to in this movie. But I think if it were made today, it would be a pretty strong B plot. That's true. Yeah, that's definitely true. And then, like, there is this whole, you know, the whole scene where Doug's brother is kind of mocking Doug for becoming a figure skater. And Mm -hmm. I don't not think it's aged well. Like, I think, like, in terms of the movie, it's not really harped on too much. I think it just, they bring it up and they kind of move on really quickly. Yeah, that's actually something I thought of that. Yeah, they didn't really expand on that because it goes from them making fun of him, Mm -hmm. like his town making fun of him, to like them all cheering him on in the Olympics. So, which, I mean, I guess that makes sense. But also, yeah, I think that might have been something that could have been expanded on more. Yeah. But I kind of appreciate that they didn't, like, sit on it too much. Like, yeah, Doug yeah. didn't really feel bad about learning to become a figure skater. He was just like, anything mm-hmm. I can do to get back on the ice and compete, you know, and it's not like he looked down on figure skaters. Or at least that wasn't the vibe I was getting from Doug. So I feel like there could have been a moment where they really kind of, like, teased Doug and bullied him, but I'm glad that they did it. Yeah, yeah. And then... If this movie were to be made today, I feel like it would just be a lot more like, I mean, this is obvious, but like social media pressure to compete. Mm -hmm. I think the whole 
like we talked about earlier, the pressure of the Olympics. I think that would just weigh more heavily today just because the Olympics were like a thing, you know? I mean, yeah. they were obviously yeah. a thing back then too, but it's just, it's so much more access to the athletes themselves, the sport yeah. and all these things. So yeah. more pressure from the media. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I have two points of trivia. I mean, this is kind of obvious, but Moira Kelly and D.B. Sweeney, they weren't skaters, so they had to train. But Moira Kelly actually injured her ankle early during filming. So there's another movie that she had to pass on after filming called League of Their Own, which is a movie that I personally really love. Oh, yeah. She was supposed to play Kit, who is Gina Davis's sister. But because she got injured in this movie, in, in this movie, she had to pass on that movie. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was kind of interesting. I was like, whoa, that would have been a really big role if she did League of Their Own. Cause right, yeah. That movie is quite beloved. Yes, it is. Then the other point of trivia I have is that Moira Kelly and D.B. Sweeney agreed to not do any sequels without the other person. Oh, that's really cute. Isn't that cute? Yeah. I do wish, though, that they were in... Maybe, yeah, I think I would have watched the sequel if they were in it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's really cute, though. <laughs> Yeah, and like to your point, they did have to, what's the word, like for continuity, they had to retroactively change the storyline for the sequel, because I think like, if uh, Kate and Doug won in 92, the Olympics, then like their daughter would be too young to compete in the sequel. So basically, Uh, they had to change the storyline in the sense that I think Kate and Doug maybe won the Olympics in like 88 versus 92. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's actually the only trivia I found. Were you able to uncover anything? I did. So it was in my research about the Pamchenko. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Um, actually, it was an interview with their stunt doubles um, who are, I think they're also like champions and everything. But so this actually happened the year before the whole Nancy Kerrigan mm-hmm. and Tanya Harding incident happened, which... Mm-hmm. They were just, like, talking in the interview. They were just talking about, you know, the competitiveness. And they were both actually at the rink. And and it goes back to, like, how small of a world, like, the skating world is mm-hmm. also. So they were both actually training at that rink when it happened. So wow. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people who, who are of a certain age don't know what happened between, like, Nancy Kerrigan and Tanya. Like, that was huge. Like, when we were growing mm-hmm. up, this was all that was in the media. So... Yeah, maybe there's something to be said about like the early 90s, like figure skating had a really big moment. Yeah. Yeah, so I think we can wrap it up. Do you have any last takes or last things you'd like to add? I just, I still love this movie. (laughs) I'd be happy to watch it again. And yeah, maybe we'll do one on the sequel. (laughs) We'll have to lump those all together. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really glad that you chose this movie because it kind of made me miss the 90s and these cheesier films, but I do think this movie is worth watching to anybody who has not seen this movie. It's so fun, and I probably will revisit it at some point again in the near future. (laughs) We should have, like, yeah, we'll have a filming party. Yeah. When we can all get back together. Yeah, one day, hopefully. Fingers crossed. All right, well, thank you so much for doing this with me. Thanks for having me. Of course. To all (laughs) tuning in to another episode appreciate it. You can follow us on Instagram at Romcom Weekly and let us know what you think of The Cutting Edge. We'll chat with you guys again next week. Bye. Bye.